welcome to another episode of Nipe Story. This is a fortnightly podcast that brings you audio versions of short story fiction from Kenya and across the African continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mochero. And on this episode, we are featuring Eliza Manasa Mabungu and her story, Rudo. Cleanse the blood residue out from the first sanitary towel you utilized and place the cloth in a lightweight container and then seal it. A lesion of family, maternal relatives will guide you in the middle of the night to a specific hole where you will bury your bale of shame. The hole should be dug in your yard. It's advisable to have paternal relatives supervising the ritual only if you were abandoned by your mother. Paternal family members are always scorned and infamous for witchcraft. They hold grudges over your mother. And Mwariano Ziva, what diabolic scheme they hold up their sleeves. They are capable of jeopardizing your fertility. And as Onanakaji, that's not something you can gamble with. Infertility can ruin a marriage, I know. The burial ground is not to be dug too deep, but you will then have to place a big heavy rock to mark it. Your first periods are met up with great instructions to toast your entry into the war of the body, and aunts leave the comfort of their homes not to bring you down, but to tell you that your legs should remain shut until your wedding night. Although marriage has never crossed your mind, the revelation about your fondness for girls would traumatize them. I advise you to not talk about that. Such is your blooming moment received with contempt, and by all means you will be straightened. To be tongued in a meeting with the elders and without a say. After a lecture about how you should behave, you abandon all your childhood frolicking and skipping rope and tennis games after school. You will always look at Vasekane Vadoko with great envy. At this stage in your life, you have to join Amai as she prepares you for your graduation into full womanhood. After school, you will head straight home and Amai will show you how to manage your own kitchen. At least she will have someone to help her with the workload. You will no longer wrestle your brothers like old times. You will give up your trouser-wearing days and conform to the life of wearing only skirts. You will acknowledge that trousers are for men. You want a whore who walks around in miniskirts, tempting men to have sex with her? A woman's body is to be covered up and kept for her husband's eyes only. Only he can look with great admiration and fondle her to his content. She belongs to him and no other man can defile her. Do you remember how people couldn't stop bashing the curvaceous Maria about how ruined she was after she walked around like a chagomba at the taxi rank? She was in a revealing miniskirt when men there started undressing her with their eyes. And then they had their way, physically, as only hands know their master. No one stood up for her. And even those other women at the food market did agree Maria shouldn't have tempted the men. Didn't her mother teach her that a man's eyes are his key to sexual pleasure? What he sees is what he wants, and what he wants, he gets. Only insubordination led a young Maria to experience her Sodom and Gomorrah, and if Maria had followed our ways, she wouldn't have had this retribution visited upon her. 
When your mother found you kissing Rebecca in your bedroom after a practice run of Spin the Bottle, she sent her away and gave you an endless scolding. Culturally defiant souls end up not settling down because they believe that they are too good for marriage. Your mother cried afterwards. Still, she chose to be private about this. No daughter of hers will live a lonely life. Men will pursue the likes of you with search warrants. When Tongai came home from medical school, he flaunted his achievements and reveled in his newfound status. Everyone in the village put him on a pedestal. They couldn't stop admiring Dr. Moyana's bright mind. He gave enough attention to your friends and their friends as if he was compiling a grocery list. Unlike you, no custom bound him to keep his chastity for his wife. Even if he possessed some qualities of the man you would marry, his promiscuity was a turn-off. You have always wanted a partner who wouldn't devalue your name and talk you into a shell of yourself. Do you still recall how Amai implored you to accept his marriage proposal? So enchanted by the thought of you being the wife of an esteemed man, you weren't going to be subjugated to live a life of impoverishment, of mental slavery. Unlike the illiterate men who normally marry other girls, Tongai made enough for you not to suffer about the whereabouts of your next supper. You looked at her and agreed. What is it that clouded your judgment in the first place? Lobola was paid to your family, near always at the whim of the husband who still has his place at the head of the table. His uncles were very genteel in their approaches and never was conflict stoked. Like the night of your first period came the unasked-for advice. They told you about how being obedient to him would sustain your marriage. Your man must be high and you low. It is your duty not to starve him of his manly delights because he will go elsewhere. And where he goes will be the perfect place for his needs to be catered for in full force. They warned you about not letting him end up in the hands of another woman. A single woman will do things ten times better than you to keep him. Once he is in, unlocking him from her heart will be hard, they told you. You looked at Amai and felt heavy sorrow for yourself, for even her. We were unaware of the fact that we blamed ourselves for our husband's affairs. Aunt Nina pointed out, Rudo, this Sarera compliments your beautiful dark skin, fixing the head wrap with the matching skirt. Blue is definitely your color. They talked about how men don't throw away their seed, no condoms talk, my child. It's your duty to stay home and nurture the children. The fact that the subject of childbirth should be left to the two of you to decide on was ignored, as is everything else different from our ways. They taught you about how men hate prevention pills and injections. All these things complicate penetration. Some women refuse such family planning methods, saying that these things estrange their own genitalia. Disabled babies, my child. Amai talked about the abnormalities in not having a regular menstrual cycle. Blood clots, yo! On the morning of your first night together, your two families were gathered at the Moyanas. He came out with a white cloth, stained with blood, 
and they all started ululating. Beer was prepared for the men. Honored we are to have a daughter like you. Tongai and you moved to a new house he built. Decadent, red bricks, satellite, sink in the kitchen, everything to his choosing. Friends and family extolled you for securing the perfect Murume, the envy of the community. Don't jinx things up now. You ignored the discomfort in your throat each time your mind was fixated on his past. Although it was substantial to have you paranoid, you convinced yourself that it could work. Regardless of how good people praised him, trust is earned, and so far there wasn't any effort from him to earn yours. He was Mr. Every Place, never tethered to a home and responsibilities over the well-being of others. You would swear that he was still searching for a bride. You couldn't even confront him with your doubts, never wanting to bring shame to your family. Gave yourself a rousing sermon. I will learn to love him. Others have not failed. You can fool everyone, but we both know that you can't lie to yourself. You gave birth to Tatenda and hoped that Tongai would come to remember his promise. What did you do to push him away? After you expressed the pain and humiliation you had to endure, still that question. Nothing. Nothing. She snapped. This nothing is the problem. You cook, you clean, you avail yourself every night to an empty bed. What else are you not doing? No matter. You beat yourself up for sinking into a negotiated commitment with a man like him. You confided in your mother-in-law about her philandering son, and she promised to have the elders guide him, more sympathetic than your own mother. Conforming to numerous traditional counseling didn't work. You were drowning. Since you knew most of his whores by name and reputation, you confronted some of them and had the dreaded, needless conversation again and again over who you own and hands off my man, please. Some apologized, and there were those who told you off. Sissy, I'm not the one who whispers sweet nothings to your ears. Why don't you confront him? He was the one who confronted you about slandering his name. What else would you have done? As if he picked you up from the streets, he felt the need to remind you about how he provides for you sufficiently. Because of me, people treat you with respect. With the unshakable conviction that without him you were nothing, that nothing you could say would move him. Stop nagging and enjoy a life most can never have. You asked your mom to request a family meeting. Although reluctant at first, she managed to deliver upon your request. I'm tired. This is a stamina game. To stutter with heartache till you sound worse than a broken record, was it all worth it? They all glared at you, patiently waiting for the moment of clarity that never came. You were now pregnant with your daughter, Rhoda, when you decided to inform the elders about leaving him. This is humiliation! To them, you were out to drag the family name through the mud, to be known as that daughter who caused her mother so much agony. They spat on the floor and scolded and screamed, but nothing could convince you to retract. Which man will take you with two kids? You are damaged goods. Their words pierced through bitterly. Still, 
you were determined to find joy, your own holy joy. Even after everything you've done for her, there were those voices who still felt robbed of a promised future. Tongai wasn't willing to leave the house for you. Neighbors peeked through their fences as you loaded the bags to your uncle's car. She failed. She failed. You laugh now. Rudo was read to you by Lindim Tongala and written by Eliza Manasa Mabungu. Eliza is a South African-born Mozambican writer. She has been published in the anthologies Experimental Writing, Africa versus Latin America, and The Short is Dead. She also features as a writer for Green Black Tales. Manasa can be followed on Eliza Mabungu at blogspot.com and on Twitter she's blackdoll underscore e and on the gram she is manasa underscore e. Nipe's story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from. Please write a review, rate and share the podcast with your people. You can follow us here on SoundCloud, on Facebook we are Nipe Story and on Twitter our handle is Nipe underscore story. Be well and be safe. Nipe Story is a finger piano production. <laughs>